Hello, and welcome to What is Wrong with Hiring, the podcast where we talk about why hiring people and getting hired are both somehow absolute nightmares. I'm your host, Laura Klein. Please be advised that this podcast may contain drinking, swearing, and screaming into the abyss, so pretty much like most podcasts. And my guest today is Jess Dale. Uh, Jess is a senior product design manager at an e-commerce company, um, about 2,000-ish people, and that, that is all we are going to say about that. Um, Jess, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we are going to be talking today um, about something that I am very excited to hear your take on, which is onboarding and supporting new hires, which some people might not think that has that much to do with hiring, but I think they're wrong. And you can tell me why. Yeah, thanks, Laura. Super excited to, to talk about this with you. Yeah, so... Let's talk about onboarding and support. First of all, tell me tell me how you know so much about this, because it sounds like you know a ton about onboarding and supporting new folks. Mm, yeah. Um, so I would say um, I, I joined this company almost three years ago. And when I first got here, I was like, I'm going to figure out my thing and, you know, like develop the, the brand of me or my leadership style. And I had no idea what that was going to be. Um, but at the time, I I was really drawn to um, thinking about how to improve hiring processes for candidates, and um, you know, building up things like talent brands and what that meant. And at the time, I had no idea. It sounded like marketing, which <laughs> I learned it was. Um, and I also was really interested in like, what is it like to join a company and, and onboard as a new person into the team. And um, I kind of just picked that as, as the thing. And over the course of the last three years, um, have done a lot of organizing of our what exists as our onboarding program today um, and how new hires move through that process and you know how that um, sits in relationship to the hiring process. It's so funny. I now have like three other podcasts that I want to do with you around things like picking your thing as a manager. (laughs) We're not going to get into any of that, unfortunately, but maybe maybe in a future podcast, because I think that would be fantastic. But um, so it sounds like you sort of you pick this and, you know, you mentioned that you wanted to support, you know, and, and improve the hiring process. How how are the hiring process and this onboarding process related because they can feel like they're just two different things, right? Like you hire people and then you bring them in. And how are those a thing? Yeah. Um, yeah, It's, it's a great question. Um, I think I've, I've been very lucky in my position um, in that as a, as a design manager and as a hiring manager, I've always, you know, needed to participate in, in the hiring process um, and, you know, kind of on my own, taking taking some initiative and ownership about the onboarding process, it's always felt like, in my mind, those two things are connected. The experience that a candidate has learning about your company, interviewing with your company, you know, me as a hiring manager, um, selling the company, selling the role, talking about, you know, the work that we're doing, why you know, a person might want to be a part of this team, a part of this community, um, and then trying to carry that through if they've, you know, decided to join, if they've decided to um, work with us as part of this team, making sure that it, it feels like 
they are getting and and the expectations that I've set have have been met um, yeah. and that I've been able to bring them into a community that is in actuality how I was representing it. Yeah, you're you're paying off that promise as opposed to uh yeah, it's so it's so tricky because there there's a fine line between that selling the company and <laughs> lying about the company. Yeah. In some yeah. Cases. yeah. Not from personal yeah. experience, I'm sure not from you, but you know, just <laughs> just We've all been candidates before. We've all heard yeah. the. We've all heard how wonderful the design environment was, and then showed up the first day, and everything was just on fire. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's absolutely happened. So that's no. That's it's good to really think about that as a, a continuum, right? It's not you hire them and then you think about how to onboard them. It's you think about what are we promising them during the hiring process, and then how do we keep those promises, and how do we make sure they they get what they expected. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, I, you know, I think there's something also about um, what has become really important um, for me in particular is thinking about, you know, the the level of access that candidates have when they're applying for roles, when they're getting interviewed, you know, whether or not we're um, unintentionally excluding folks from applying even or during you know certain rounds of interviews that we progress through and I think it's become even more critical to me that however much effort we're putting into bringing in a diverse set of perspectives and experiences in the candidates that we interview that when those people um, are offered roles and you know may accept may accept a new job in a new place in a new company that it feels like we'll be putting just as much effort into making sure they feel welcomed they're included um, they're a part of the community and they feel they feel like they are bringing something to the table and what value um their ex in their experience they, they can provide in their perspective that they can provide is really recognized and celebrated yeah that's that is so important and uh it's so funny because tying it back back to the specific hiring process, I'll tell you, if you don't do those things, you end up having to hire a lot more folks. Yeah. <laughs> if you make yeah. people feel included and, and heard and like they're getting what they signed up for, you don't have to hire as many of them later because you just keep them. It's so much cheaper just to keep <laughs> the folks. I mean, just from an absolutely horrible monetary sense, but yeah. also, you know, it's nice because they learn things. And don't then take those things away and go someplace yep. else. Yeah. No, it's it's a huge, I think it's a lesson that um, not everyone's learned. So very, yeah. very glad to hear that, that y'all are doing it. What are some of the things that you're doing that you have seen work because like i said I, I think a lot of us you know for one reason or another it's, it's hard right like we haven't learned how to do it what what works what doesn't work <laughs> mm, yeah um you know i i'm sure it's it's gotten to the point probably where it, it feels cliche to say but i i feel like this time of quarantine and pandemic and great resignation and languishing and burnout and kind of incredible change of going from working in mostly physical spaces to working in almost entirely digital spaces, at least in this industry, 
it's been a great teacher in how to adapt processes, all of the processes, all of the ways that we work, all the ways that we communicate into models that are more flexible and more inclusive. And I think very much that's been true with how we hire and, and how we onboard. Um, and some of the things I think right away that uh, felt like, you know, one, I think everything was kind of experimental at the beginning of the pandemic because it was like one day we were hiring in person and we had a, you know, a process of people coming to our office and we spoke to them and in the same room. And the next day, I mean, like the following Monday, it was like scrap all of that and figure out how to do this digitally um, and, you know, without without meeting people in, in physical space. So. I think one of the things early on that we um, tried to do was to have um, folks, uh, design folks who, who were coming in kind of uh, have shared start dates or um, like be part of a cohort. Smart. Um, I've, I've known, you know, other companies in, in um, places that I, I've worked in the past have had kind of cohort start dates. and I. I think that's something that, especially um, when you've got folks from different parts of the world or different parts of the United States and different time zones, bringing them together and kind of saying, these are your people. These are the, the noobs who are going to be new with you and y'all are going to have the shared experience together. Yeah. Um, and that right away, I think, feels a lot less kind of isolating. Yeah, you're not the only when you're coming in as a candidate, you're not the the only or the as a as a new person, you're not the only new person. You're the you you're a new person with a bunch of other new people and you can ask them without feeling silly about asking. I always feel so weird. It's always the question is sort of like, is this the thing I'm supposed to know yet? And then finding out that, you know, ten other people also don't know it, but one person yeah. did find out. It's so great. I love that. I love the cohort idea. Yeah, and we we carry that idea through um, to our onboarding program. So we kind of created a I don't want to say curriculum because that sounds rigorous and not an educator, but we kind of we created a a, a program with some structure um, specifically for for designers to learn some of the things that felt immediately important when you are joining this design team. And those are, um, you know, we have, those are led by designers on this team, which um, felt like another uh, successful experiment, which was to bring to these new hires, the people who are doing this job that they're also gonna be doing, um, to, to talk about their their own areas of expertise and how we work um, and, and kind of be a um, an example of like the type of work that designers do, but also um, a, a teacher in in kind of a, a guide who's who's there on your first day to say, hey, welcome. You know, here's how we think about our customers. Um, or, you know, here's how we think about experimentation. And we've got, we have a couple of sessions around, you know, some of the design tools we use. And, you know, I, I think we want to be careful in assuming every single person in the world has used the design tool that we use. So we kind of start with, 
you know, here's a little bit about this tool. Here's how our design system is already plugged into it. Here's some resources that you can get into. And it, it's very much a kind of like practice session where you can play around with things, ask questions, get a walkthrough, again, it's, doing it with your cohort. So, yeah. yeah. And it's so, that's so nice to not assume that. Cause like we always, I think we always talk a good game or lots of folks talk a good game about like, we don't hire for, you know, tools. We hire for, you know, mental models and process and understanding of design and understanding of users and empathy and all of these wonderful things. And then when it comes down to it, it's like, well, of course you've used Figma. Um, right. Yeah. And it's like, you know what, maybe you haven't. And that is also fine, but it can feel very um, sort of isolating if you're the one on the team who sort of doesn't know that tool. As an ex-engineer, I ran into this all the time when it was sort of like, yeah, I don't know that source control system, you know, yeah. like, and so you feel so dumb because... But you're not done. You just know three other source control systems and I haven't used that one. Um, I guess everybody uses Git now, so it's not a big deal. But, <laughs> but I also don't know that one. So <laughs> Anyway, um, it's really, it's, it's, it's so nice too, I think, to put those designers into that position where they then feel sort of that connection to the new folks as well. And they feel like they're the buddy and like they can be, you know, available to the person and that, that you make time in their schedule for that. Which is not always yeah. easy. <laughs> yeah, it's it's true, and I, I think since you bring up Buddy, we also um, we had a, a a long running program even you know before the time I joined called Design Buddies. Yeah. Um, and in the pandemic time, because we you know we also I think I didn't mention this earlier, but we kind of had a incredible growth of our team at this time. And, and we were hiring more people than ever. And we were hiring more people remotely than ever we had before. Um, and so we refreshed this program a little bit. And um, each new hire that joins has another designer that they're paired up with. They get to hang out and ask this person or, or Slack them any, any questions. Doesn't have to be Design related can be, you know, HR question or which Slack channel do I go to ask about this thing or, you know, what what is an okay way to, you know, maybe um, ask my engineer a question or what do I do, you know, in this case. And again, it's just kind of creating that um, safe safe space for people to go when they feel you know, they're new, they don't know what they don't know, they don't know who to ask things. And that's tricky, too, because company norms yeah. are very different. Some places, it's always, yeah. it's always weird. Like, I always feel like there's a few things that I want to just get in front of people. Like, our company norms are you can just put calendar, you can just put meetings on people's calendars. Like, that is just yep. a thing that we do. And that is fine. And there are places where if you did that, it would be considered the height of rudeness. <laughs> yeah. and i understand yeah. entirely both approaches um but you can absolutely it's so funny because you can absolutely tell the folks who've come from the other environment because they're like hey i was wondering if i could grab some time with you and i'm like yeah well, up to date. just yeah Get yes <laughs> yeah it's, you, i can't talk during that time it's blocked off like yeah. yep but it's great like it's it's good to have people sort of set those expectations um and to have somebody who maybe isn't your manager necessarily yeah, <laughs> who can exactly. tell you like, this is this is what I've found to have worked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's great too, because I think people feel like, you know, you don't, when you first started a place, maybe you want to ask your manager that question that mm -hmm. they 
could have a reaction to. Um, and so removing the pressure from that a little bit. Yeah. And just the, yeah, you don't always want to have to, I know a lot of times, you know, I, I manage, I think at this point, 11 people. Um, and so, uh, you know, a lot of times my interaction with somebody will be like, you know, we have a, we have our one-on-one every week. Absolutely. Um, and you know, you can book time with me, but it's sort of like, you have to, like, if you want more than that one-on-one, you sort of have to book time with me. And there's like lots of other people that they interact with a yeah. lot more than they, and so yeah. I like having those people who are specifically about, no, just this person's always going to be available. This is absolutely who you go to. They know everything. I mean, and let's be honest, I'm a manager. All of my direct reports know way more than I do about literally everything. So <laughs> Yep. Yeah, I'm, yep. I'm, useful. I'm useful if you want like an expense report. Okay. <laughs> the answer is yes, I will pay it. Uh, <laughs> does, does the company size matter a lot? It sounds like in a year of places around 2000 people, mm. does it get harder or easier? Or do you need to do things really differently? It sounds like you've got sort of, you're big enough that you've got a program that does this and you've got people to yeah. do it. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, such an interesting question because I think it, I think it does. I mean, I can say just in my own experience, you know, having, I think in my position as a design manager, I've kind of got a little bit of free license to say, Hey, you know what we need? I think we need investment in onboarding and, you know, my co-managers and, you know, directors and leaders are like, Yes, we do. Please do that for us. And now you do um, that. Now you were in charge because you mentioned it. Yes. Yes. Um, but that's great, you know, because that's it's something that I'm interested in and I want to be investing time in. And also, we have enough structure as a company to say, hey, we have an onboarding process and it is expected that, you know, everyone will follow it and we will all go through it. And, you know, our recruiting partners are aware of it and they're, you know, sort of looped into how candidates move through, you know, the phases of hiring and interviewing and into onboarding. And so I, I you know, I think we're a company size that has a lot of uh, structure in place already. Like I don't have to worry about the IT and people getting their laptops and equipment that they need and learning, you know, from HR, what our benefits are. I can just focus on design and, and what is important for designers joining this team to, to know about. So. And they, you know, I think in the other direction, I can imagine that at a very large company, you know, design managers may not be the, the primary party responsible for that. They may have design operations org, they may have, you know, HR may take on more of the responsibility for hiring. Or, you know, I think there's the examples where you have, you know, Google-like structures where you're just hiring and then later figuring out where you know a, a person might fit or, or what team might have a need and that's a tricky one that is a really mm-hmm. tricky one because i know that at a certain size you just got to do it and i have all sorts of issues with it that we don't have to get into now but i want to talk about that in conjunction with something you mentioned earlier which was really important which is sort of paying off you know that that promise and let's be honest if you're at a very large place there's a lot of different promises that a lot of different design managers might make, and they might all be true for those teams, and they might all be right. quite, quite not true <laughs> for other teams. So yeah. how do you, can you, I mean, is there any way to sort of make certain promises that you know will get paid off by the org, even if like mm. you're in different places? 
Yeah. Wow. Ooh. Um, <laughs> Could you just solve this whole problem of um, different design managers being different? Could, we got. We have like five minutes left. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So this is going to sound weird, but I think it's a design problem um, in, you know, in maybe in this framing, I would say there's a, there's a need for kind of a, a shared agreement and a, a desired outcome, right? And whether that shared agreement and desired outcome is across the design leadership team or that's in, you know, in collaboration between, you know, the people, talent recruiting team and, you know, the design management team where you need to understand, like, you think about the candidate's experience and where that starts when they're coming in into, you know, hiring process or where onboarding starts in that process. And um, if you're, consider those things as kind of a con continuum, like you mentioned earlier. Um, what is the ideal outcome that we're hoping for once these people join our team? And what are the signals that we're gonna look for to understand if we're not meeting that outcome? Um, and so I, I think it, it does require you, um, I think to have to have good partnership, either whether that partnership is kind of within your organization or if you're working across organizations to agree on what are the goals here. And if you can set in and agree to those goals, I think you know you can work towards the solution that meets the needs. Yeah. So you really have to know what what you are promising as a company and make those promises. Question for you. Are you, because you are also a hiring manager. Um, I am. Are, are the things that people are, asking for and the promises that you're making to candidates now, do you find them to be different than they were say, oh, I don't know, I'm going to pick a random time two years ago? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Ah. Mm. Let me think about what I've been promising. Um, <laughs> so, God, what have I promised? <laughs> I'm sure um, it's fine. I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> I think, you know, I think about my own interviews with, with candidates that I've, I've talked to, so don't want to speak for, for everyone in my management team, but I think what I have promised, promised loosely in quotes, um, is more about my, my intention of um, the types of opportunities that people will have the types of support that I will provide them or that I know my, my team, my, the other designers um, within our you know, product area will provide them. The larger design community will provide them. I think that in those ways, um, you know, acknowledgement, autonomy, maybe like um, impact and, and sense of purpose and being part of a community and being able to, to grow in your expertise and your skills as a designer, those things do feel the same in as desires or I guess as needs maybe even um, of, of candidates now and, and two years ago. I think I've noticed people seeking more community specifically, but I, I think that maybe is 
all humans and not specifically designers yeah. applying for jobs. We, we maybe have lost some community in other areas and uh, are looking for a little more uh, connection. It's a little harder to make those connections too. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, as I think about kind of what I've been selling, again, in loose quotes, it's, it's that because I think that we've worked really hard to retain a sense of community and welcoming people into that. Yeah. What's the, what's the hardest? Oh, actually, you know what we didn't, what I, what I didn't ask is, do you, do you have a, an example of something? Cause you know, these, these are all amazing suggestions for how to onboard people. <laughs> anything you tried that didn't work or anything that anybody else, let's say anything that some other person not named Jessdale has done. Not me. Of course not work. me. No, of course not. Um, mm. You know, I, I, I'm pausing because I'm like, oh my God, there's so many things I've done wrong or would have done differently. Or if I, you know, had thought about this and I, I think there's not a, I think there's maybe not like one significant epic fail that pops to mind, but there's a lot of, you know, I think going back to shared understanding of the outcome, mm -hmm. there's a lot of time where it felt fuzzy or it felt like probably everyone wasn't aligned on what that was. And I think those are the cases where it causes friction for candidates or for new hires. And I think that alignment is, is probably, um, and in the opportunity to just everyone to have input into what are, what are you trying to, um, get to what is what is your ideal? Oh, that's a little bit different than my ideal. How do we reconcile those things? Having the the time, <laughs> frankly, in between all of the other things that are happening to find that shared agreement and understanding is is tough. And I think that there's a cost to it that gets paid in um, attrition and or you know candidates who drop out of you know the interviewing, interviewing process for myriad reasons um, or you know people who join the company like you mentioned earlier and you know don't stick around very long because they were like hey what what my expectations were isn't what promise you paid me um, and that's hard it's hard to look back and reflect on what could we have done to prevent it mm -hmm. Um, because it doesn't always feel immediately clear uh, when you're seeing individually. Yeah, it's really hard to do those kind of postmortems on things because often the the answers are are messy and people based. And mm -hmm. um, but I, I think sometimes it's I, I think sometimes it's useful. One of the one of the things that I've used um, that I kind of like is looking at where in the process we should have seen this coming. Mm, um, not meaning yeah. like every, every person who leaves is not necessarily a failure. Well, first of all, it's not necessarily a failure. Somebody has been there for two, three years and just wants to move on and do something else. And that's yeah. like, I'm, I'm team, you know, person looking to do the thing that they want to do. If their choices have changed or if they've made a realization or whatever, 
totally fine. I am 100% for them moving on and doing a thing that they are passionate and excited about. And those things change and I get it. You know, if somebody leaves in the first like year or whatever, um, the, the interesting sort of question to me is sort of, was that a failure of how we onboarded them? Was that a failure of the promises yeah. that we made to them? Did we yeah. evaluate them incorrectly? Were they trying to convince themselves that this was the right job for them and it just wasn't mm -hmm. like, did we mm -hmm. convince them to take a job they shouldn't have taken? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Where, where was the process? Where was the point where we could, where one of us could have said, I don't think this is going to make, this is going to be right. And it's yeah. hard to pinpoint that. Yeah, absolutely. It, it is, I think there are, some signals that we can look for, for sure. Um, there's a lot of, I think we, we have a fair amount of data from people um, as they're hiring and going through the interview process and then completing that process and then joining a company and they're in the onboarding period with a new company for you know however many days that is. and. Um, the regular checkpoints they're having with their manager and the managers looking for signals on how they're feeling and acclimating. Um, I don't, I don't know if I would say, I guess I don't believe that it's maybe something that was missing from the process. Yeah. I, I think it's probably for the most part, people have a thoughtful process um, or have, have covered the basics um, in, in terms of bringing new people onto the team. To me, I think it requires more effort in this time of being remote to encourage people to participate. And I don't, I don't mean to say that in a condescending way, I guess, but it is so hard to join a new company, period, the end. And like, it's uncomfortable and it's very isolating when you're building fluency in a new language and new acronyms and a new culture and a new way of people working and how they schedule meetings on the calendar. And like thinking about that as a hiring manager or as the person you know, onboarding them and trying to stay grounded in empathy for that lived experience that we've all had and keep extending the welcome and keep saying, I'm so glad you're here and keep saying, I'd love for you to share with the team about, you know, how this worked for you at your last company or the things that you're really excited about talking about or pictures of your cat because we love cats here. Um, and that like a little encouragement matters like a little bit of drawing people out matters and i think that's that's what we need right now yeah that's uh, it's so funny because you said that it's a uh, you know people have a a thoughtful process and i would say i absolutely agree that you seem to have an extremely thoughtful process <laughs> and i would like for everybody to have as thoughtful <laughs> of a process. Um, and I mean, it sounds like there's a lot of work that you are doing about examining that process continuously yeah. and improving it. And yeah. that's yeah. that makes a huge difference, really. Yeah. It is something that needs attention care, you're right, right? You know, it's, it's one of those things that I think even in our time starting at the pandemic and where we are now is like, 
oh, we've kind of let that get a little stale and we kind of need to like take a look again and see where we can refine. Yeah. Where are we now? What works? So thank you so much. This is all the time that we have for today. I just want to thank Jess Dale for joining us. Um, I also want to thank all of you out there for listening and wish you all the best of luck with your own search, whether it's for a, a new job or a new employee or whatever you're looking for. I'm rooting for you. <laughs>